Welcome to the Walking on Eggshells with Dr. Tolu podcast. This is the podcast that helps parents and especially those caring for a child with a chronic health condition to balance supporting your child's mental health with maintaining your own emotional health. Hello there, this is Dr. Adedayo Alugo. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist and founder of St. John Cap where I empower youth mental health by providing education to parents, teachers, and caregivers. I also improve emotional health intelligence in the youth themselves through the Emotions Ambassador Program. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and I also have a podcast called Walking on Eggshells with Dr. Tulu. So today I have a really important guest with me. She's a pediatrician. I'm gonna get her to introduce herself in further detail. Thank you very much, Dr. Rubin, for joining us today. We're going to be discussing potty training. My favorite subject. <laughs> I thank you so much for having me on your show. I am Cindy Rubin. I am a pediatrician as well as a breastfeeding medicine specialist, and I have a small solo home visit practice. Um, in the Chicago suburbs called In Touch Pediatrics and Lactation. And I have quite a bit of both personal and professional experience with potty training that kind of comes into my, my thought process on it. <laughs> I can imagine potty training is always like that challenge that we keep postponing <laughs> until we have no choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good to be able to discuss that today. Thank you for joining me. So, I mean, at what age should we begin to even begin to think about potty training? When should we start? When should it be completed? You know, Right. So very good question. And before I did it myself, I really didn't understand at all because people would say, and I would say, because this is what I learned, you know, wait till your kid is ready. Well, how do we know when they're ready? You know, what, what does that exactly mean? And, um, and it can look different for different kids, but I'd say the earliest that most kids are going to potentially be ready is about two years old ish. Um, the, and, and things that we see can be, um, kids just going longer in between having wet diapers or poopy diapers, Um, Sometimes kids, this is kind of a classic one, you know, kind of go into a corner or um, behind, kind of hide behind a chair or something like that, especially to have a poop. And that actually is their realization that this is something I do in private. Mm -hmm. And it shows that they have some control over it in a way, you know, they feel it coming and they go somewhere special for it. So that's a realization. Um, You know, I, I don't think they absolutely need to have speech for it, but I do think that speech development and potty training can be linked in certain ways. And so it, it can just facilitate things if your child can communicate what they're feeling and when they're feeling it so that everybody can do what they can do to get that child on the potty in the right amount of time. But, you know, clearly there are plenty of people out there who do not have 
speech um, or language or don't have the same speech and language as most of the people around them and they are still potty trained. So it's not absolutely essential, but it can facilitate things. Um, but I think there is something to just sensing when mm -hmm. your child is ready too. Oh, the other big thing is when they show interest in the potty. So a lot of the time kids want to see, you know, they want to go into the bathroom with a parent. And I think that's good because then they see what you're doing and they want to model what you're doing or what a big sibling is doing or what other kids in their daycare or their preschool are doing. So seeing those things and allowing them to watch you do those things can be very helpful too. And I think well, I'm sure I will talk more about this, but I think the biggest thing is if you're not seeing any interest or you start to bring it up for whatever reason in some whatever way and your child seems resistant to it, they are not ready. And to listen to that, and pay attention to it. And then at what age should you expect this process to be done and dusted? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of avoiding that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I feel like this has gotten older as, you know, just with change in our culture. Uh, but I'd say the majority of kids are probably potty trained by about three or three and a half now. But sometimes it can be later and it's still not necessarily a sign that there's something wrong. It's just that that particular kid was ready later. Um, so... I'd say four is probably the time that I maybe would start delving into it a little bit to see if there's more going on, but, um, but somewhere in the between three and four, I think for right. me, some people would say younger, but that's, that's where, where I kind of have a little bit of a border on normal versus not normal. Okay. So what, I mean, what would make you say positive has failed? What are the... Right, right. Well, I think if you have that resistant child, mm -hmm. so I think what happens a lot of the time with potty training for a whole host of reasons is a power struggle. And I always tell parents that there are three things that you cannot really control in your child. And those are using the potty, sleep, and eating. So ultimately, the child has the final say on that. Right. And when we can guide them, and we can teach them, and we can cross our fingers and hope for the best, but we can't make them do it necessarily the way we want them to do it. And so those are also the things, though, that tend to lead to a lot of power struggles. Yeah. And the age at which be kids are being potty trained is an age where, you know, just like two through four, let's say, or 18 months through four is a time when kids are really developing a sense of themselves and their independence and um, – limits what they can push and what they can't yeah. and so it's an interesting time where power struggles can develop very easily um, and unfortunately I think that's what happened with me in my own personal experience and 
so that is, you know, if you, if you suddenly realize we're in a power struggle, my kid is refusing, there's a lot of drama around it, I'm frustrated, they're frustrated, um, whatever it may be, maybe they're having accidents or maybe they just always put a diaper on to do their thing. Um, failing can look a lot of different ways, but if you suddenly realize that you're caught up in a power struggle, it's time to slow down or stop and take a look at what's going on and perhaps just wait for a while and let your kid get to that point where they're interested. So you've kind of already answered this question partially, but I'm just wondering, are there any other reasons why potty training may not go well? Yeah. So, I mean, certainly there can be underlying um, physical or emotional problems that a child can have that can certainly contribute. I mean, some kids have chronic constipation for whatever reason, and those kids sometimes do have trouble, especially if they are working on the poop part of things and they happen to have a painful poop on the potty then that can lead to significant resistance just out of fear of having another hard, painful poop. And so yeah. suddenly will not want to poop on the potty or might not want to poop at all because they are worried that it's going to hurt. So if your child has constipation, um, I would recommend talking to your pediatrician or whoever take, cares for your kids um, and coming up with a plan to maybe make sure that their poops are soft when you start the potty training process and keeping them that, keeping it that way as best you can so that you don't get caught up in that pain. Um, and some people have a, a real underlying medical problem, like a slower moving gut or a mild version of a situation where the rectum might be very tight and the poop can't come out. So if there is this chronic constipation and you can't, it's not, doesn't seem to be treatable in the typical ways, and that's a time to potentially start looking at whether there's another medical problem going on. Um, I think kids with anxiety tend to manifest their anxiety potentially on potty issues. Um, and I think that that's something to just be aware of, again, in the sense of if you have a child that you think has some anxiety and it seems to be getting worse during potty training, whether it's focused on potty training or somehow just the timing is similar to what when you're working on potty training, then you may want to take a step back and really just focus on the anxiety and not the potty training. Right. So you mentioned anxiety. What what of kids who have like well on the autism spectrum or may have ADHD or other neuro, neurodevelopmental disorders? Would they be right. more prone to having challenges with potty training? Right, right. Very good question. Because oftentimes these kids, again, you know, it could be um, a social issue or a cognitive issue or a physical issue, you know, all sorts of things that or sensory issue that that are hindering them. So this is hard. And I think the important thing is you, you kind of go with the same thinking of waiting until they're ready, but they may be ready later because they do have these other 
challenges that they're working on and that may get in the way of things. And the, they may have more trouble with the communication also or the understanding of what's going on in their bodies. So it just simply takes longer. And I think accepting that oneself as well as advocating for your child. I think one of the toughest things about potty training is when you are up against a clock for some reason. Like I have to get my kid potty trained because <laughs> the school stops. Right, right. I have other lots. Right. Exactly. And I now, I'm willing to write a letter for anybody who is struggling with potty training and is up against that clock because people don't realize this, but most places will still take a kid in diapers if there is some sort of diagnosis associated with it. Um, And so sometimes getting a letter from your um, physician can help in still allowing your kid to be wherever they need to be, but not be potty trained quite yet. Um, And, or even just, you may not even need a letter. You may just be able to bring it up with them. That's what happened with me and my kids. Um, You know, I felt like they needed to be potty trained, but when I actually talked to them, they said, well, you know, yes, officially, but you know, we definitely have kids that are on the border and, um, and we'll take them. So not to, you know, to, to realize that that there is maybe a little bit of leeway there, or it may mean that, I mean, my, my son started, we started him in preschool at four instead of three because he wasn't ready and we didn't want to push it. So I think that, um, you know, if, if you can do that, then that can also be another option in kids that for whatever reason are taking longer. Well, those are great strategies. I mean, talk to your, get a letter if possible, have a conversation with the school. I didn't, I've never thought about getting a letter yeah. from a healthcare provider. Yeah. Right. So you you mentioned talking to your healthcare provider, but who else can you go to for help if you're having difficulty with positive training? How, how and when should you get help? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good question because there are a lot of different books out there, just like with sleep and with eating. <laughs> there are a lot, these are the things we big things that we often struggle with as parents yeah. and with our kids. And there are a lot of different books out there that that recommend all sorts of different things. And you can find somebody who absolutely loves every single you know, each, each book has its group of people who love it and people who hate it. And I think this is just my own personal uh, kind of observation or thinking over time is that the reason why certain people have success with certain books is not because the book is right. It's because their kid was ready. (laughs) Their kid probably was already ready and book or no book, they, they probably would have potty trained themselves around that time. Right. And um, they coincidentally got just hit the nail on the head. But there isn't one book that fits all. So, you know, to be kind of careful with that, there are books mm-hmm. out there and I'm not saying that they can't be helpful and have ideas tips in them but to remember that resistance part because there are some books out there that kind of push tell you to push past the resistance and I think that that you can get into trouble with that potentially Mm -hmm. um 
I think again, like if I, I would say the cutoff is about four, if you know, your kid hasn't potty trained by then to reach out for some help. I think another thing is as a parent and not developing those, those power struggles that sometimes it's important to reach out for help for yourself, honestly, for therapy or yoga or meditation or whatever it is during that time, because it may turn out to be stressful for you. And if you can help to learn how to control your own stress um, during that time, it can help things go much more smoothly as well. I think that's great because really getting help for yourself, that is so pivotal because sometimes parents are just so stressed out and it's affecting the entire family because this child refuses to use the potty. So, um, I mean, so that, that's, that's important. Yes. You, you mentioned taking a step back, getting, getting help for yourself, waiting until they're ready. Are there any other strategies that you could suggest for a parent who is struggling to potty train their child? So I think just, you know, I, I usually, so if somebody asks me about this in clinic, and I usually recommend a few things to start out with, and you can you can go backwards and restart out with these things if you're struggling and have to take a break. So having a potty around, having the, the things in the bathroom that your child would need. So whether it's a separate little kid potty or one of those seats that goes over a regular potty, having them there, but not with your child forced to use it. So getting them used to that, you know, maybe sitting there with their clothes on with nothing expected of them, just getting them used to it, playing, maybe having dolls that they can teach to potty train that sometimes can help. Um, there are books out there too. So again, it's just reading, kind of preparing them mentally for this before you're actually working on anything can be helpful. Um, I have seen this work in some situations when they're, you're at that resistance point. So one of the things that I see is kids will potty train for pee, but not poop. And just like they'll do everything else in the potty without any problem, but they will not poop. And so they either come home from school at the end of the day and they take off their or they put on a pull up and go into the corner and poop or whatever it is that they do. They won't poop on the potty or sometimes they sit on the potty, won't poop and they get off and then they have an accident right off the bat, like in their clothes or on the floor or something like that. And the reason why I think the power struggles start is because it's messy, right? And so parents don't want to have to clean up those messes and it's frustrating. Yeah. It can get frustrating very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, just taking a deep breath when that happens, not making a big deal out of it, clean up, get cleaned up, dressed and move on and not no punishments or anything mm -hmm. like that when that sort of thing happens. Um, but what was I going to say? There was, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I mean, so you, you mentioned um, making the party available, but not fussing. Oh, 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 right, right, right. So this, this, I don't know that it, this is for everyone, but it has worked. It didn't work for me quite honestly, but it has worked for a lot of people. Um, is if you have that kid who clearly has control, like they know when they're going to poop and they put on the 
the the pull up and they poop and then they put the underwear back on afterwards. Um, one trick is moving them more slow, very slowly to the toilet. So they can't, they have, they can poop in their pull up, but not in the corner. So they have to be in the bathroom. So you move them to the bathroom and then do that for a few days. And once they seem to be comfortable with that, then move next to the toilet. And once they're comfortable with that, they have to have one finger touching the toilet. (laughs) And once they're comfortable with that, a whole hand on the toilet, then sitting on the toilet, but still with the diaper or the pull-up on. And then you cut a hole in the diaper, put the diaper on, put the kid on the toilet. They poop in the toilet because they think they're pooping in a diaper. And it's just like a light bulb goes off. Like, oh, my gosh, I just did that. And it wasn't that bad. So, again, that may be something that you have to catch at the right time. (laughs) Um, But I've actually heard of it working for quite a few People. I, like, I like that strategy, really gentle, you know, yeah. progressive, like almost like sensitization. We're very progressive. I think that's that's fantastic. Exactly. Well, before I let you go, I have two more questions. So one okay. is, where can we find you? <laughs> okay. So I am, again, I said, as I said, I am with InTouch Pediatrics and Lactation and I'm outside Chicago. And I Best way to reach me is really just via my website, which is www.intouchpediatrics.com. And I also have a YouTube channel with various like informational tips about parenthood and also um, uh, breastfeeding, if that's something that you're that you're interested in as well. So that's at in touch peds and then i've got facebook and uh you know what, what's your what's your youtube handle because i thought i was i thought i was keeping in touch it's no so one. keeping in touch is the name of the show but it is um just at in touch peds like okay symbol and in touch peds okay i'm gonna try and type that up <laughs> <laughs> And then same thing, like Facebook is at InTouchPeds and Instagram is at InTouchPeds as well. Yep. Okay, great. Well, yeah. do you have any last words for any parent who's struggling with body training or who's experienced failed body training? Yeah. So for those of you struggling or having failed, know that you're not alone. It's not uncommon. And it will, I, you know, I used to hear this all the time and I was like, this this doesn't help me, but they're not going to, you know, they're not going to go to college in diapers. It will happen eventually. And sometimes it really is just that patience and kind of believing in your child and empowering them in every other way possible during that time. So that because they may be also feeling kind of bad about the fact that they're having these accidents. They probably do not want it. Sometimes, oh, this is the other thing that I think people get get into trouble with. It starts to feel like your child is doing it on purpose, (laughs) having accidents on purpose Mm -hmm. or to, you know, they are probably not. There could turn out to be a little bit of an element of that, but they 
it, they're really not doing it on purpose. And so consider this another like learning to walk. It's a skill and it takes practice and time and waiting until your child is at the point where they are ready. So um, kind of allowing that to happen on its own time and really accepting that in your mind is something that I think will help the whole process go a little bit smoother. But it's hard. It's hard. I've struggled <laughs> myself and I've come to these. I did not follow all of these recommendations. And so some of this is from seeing what has worked for my patients and what doesn't work and what didn't work for me and trying other things with other people. And um, I, I really think that it's that allowing for patients and not allowing those power struggles to grow that is the biggest trick. Wow. Thank you so, so much. So there you have it. Self-care. <laughs> Take a step back. Yes. You yes. know, your child isn't doing this on purpose. Give them that, you know, grace because they're struggling as well. Try the strategies. Try them again and again. Try, take a step back and try again. Right. And by all means, get help if you need to get help. So follow Dr. Rubin on um, all her platforms. Remember to like, share, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at St. John Cap. Listen to the podcast. Share with your network. And I will talk to you again soon. Thank you very much, Dr. Rubin, for joining me today. And hopefully we can chat again soon. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me and have a great day. You too. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Looking forward to having you join me on the next episode. Till then, don't forget to share this with your friends and neighbors and to follow me on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where I am known as St. John Cap. That is St. John Cap with a double P. See you soon.